Welcome back to the Seeking Sailor podcast, a podcast where two sisters take time to pause and reflect in the midst of a hurried life. I'm Sarah May. And I'm Sarah. And we are so glad to have you back with us this week for another episode. Sarah, how are you doing? I am doing well. Um, There have been little moments of sunshine this week, which has been really good for my soul. We (laughs) have gone on walks three days this week. Oh my gosh, um, yay. Yeah. A literal today, sunshine outside. Yes, literal sunshine. <laughs> I thought you meant uh, just like metaphorical sunshine. No. I'm uh, so there, used to there being no sun that I... <laughs> I mean, there's always metaphorical sunshine too, um, but for the most part, the literal sunshine is what I'm referring to, but yeah, it's been nice, but then of course today it was like super rainy and depressing and gross and... I'm just so ready for the spring Mm -hmm. and warmer weather. But other than that, I'm doing a-okay. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, So Layla got spayed last week. And so she can only do so much. You know, she's on like rest or whatever that is supposed to mean for a dog. I don't even understand. I I don't even understand. And so she has a lot of pent up energy. And so just been like trying to play with her in ways that she can play, but also try and keep her chill. Thankfully, we still have a few of the sedatives that they prescribed her. So um, yeah, it's been it feels like it's been a really long week because I just feel bad for her. Adam said, you know, when people are recovering from something, they'll watch TV or read a book or take a nap. Like, none of that is interesting to her. She wants There's to, no I mean, obviously. There's no equivalent for a puppy. Yes, like, it, exactly. And so she just wants to play. And she doesn't understand why when she runs around, we say, Layla, no. She's like, yeah, I, what? <laughs> and so it's just, I'm just really ready for her recovery to be over. I get but, that. Um, I'm, I'm doing well. I actually left my house a few times this week, which is rare. Usually Woo-hoo! I'm just a homebody um, all week. And so, yeah, I've already left my house like five times this week, which is just crazy. Wow. And I have more in store, you know, this coming coming week. So You're just a social butterfly. I really am. I'm just like your everyday socialite. Spread your wings and fly out of that <laughs> cocoon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks. This is off to a weird start. I needed that. <laughs> um, so before we get into our topic today, I just want to remind you guys to be following us on social media. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram, where you'll be able to see our um, posts when we have a new episode and also other content throughout the week. And make sure that you're following our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. And make sure you're telling your friends, hey, yeah. go listen to the Seeking Sailor podcast. <laughs> I actually have um, some updates from content that we posted last week that I totally forgot to share. Uh, so I'm going to share it really quick if that's okay with okay, you. Go ahead. Yeah. If you were on our Instagram page at all last week, and if you listened to our Dog Mom episode. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, go ahead, share. You know that we had a debate on whose dog We did was not the have a debate. Cutest. Sarah kept pushing a subject that I refused to. Yeah. From. Whose dog was the cutest. And so we took to you guys and asked you for your input. And I am proud to say that Riley got the most votes. And I think I I didn't see like the final vote before the 24 hours was up. But the last time I looked, which was like a couple hours before that, um, I think Layla had seven votes. 
Ace mm. had one, and Riley had 16. That's interesting, because when I looked, it had different stats, but I don't really care. When because did you I, look? When did you look? I don't know. I um, oh. When my friend texted me saying, why is it when I vote for Layla, it's saying that's the wrong answer with an angry face? And I was like, yeah, that's how I feel, too. <laughs> because yeah, for those of you who didn't be... participate in voting, um, my dear co-host had set it up so that if you voted for anyone but Riley, you were told <laughs> you, you got the wrong, the wrong answer. answer. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So Sarah likes to pit our children against each other. It's fine. Not our children. It's not. Well, she's my child. Yeah. You actually have a child. So <laughs> it's you don't you don't know. But actually, did you ever see either of your dogs like your children or are you normal? No, I, I mean, I still literally, last night I said to Ryan, it's like, we have three kids. Um, that sounds like, like I, an exasperated it, it was. I, I view them like I care about them so much, but I think because we have Miles, it's just, it's different. Like No, no, I'm, you know I'm, I'm not mean? judging either way, in the honestly. Past before, no, like, in the past before, like, they were my babies, but mm-hmm. now I'm like, they're they're not as high of a priority for me. I um, had a uh, a woman at church come up to me and she was like, hey, I want to talk to you about my firstborn. And I know her children. So I thought she was going to talk about her children, but she was talking to me about her first dog. Aww. And um, because I had posted about Layla's birthday because I had made her a cake and a, we did steak dinner. I did eggs for breakfast. It was a whole out. day. Yeah. Of, yeah. And... Um, so she knew that I was nuts and viewed her as my child instead of my dog. And, um, so she like was talking to me about how her first dog was her first child or Mm -hmm. she calls, she called her her firstborn and, um, she had tragically lost her to cancer just after like four years, but she wanted to talk to me about her and it was so sweet. Like she wanted the opportunity to be able to talk about, you know, yeah. The dog. And so she said, now we have a dog and that's our dog, you know? And yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's probably what will happen with me. Like if yes. and when we ever get another dog, I have a feeling that will be a dog to me and I'll still mm-hmm. love it. Like I'll still be so glad, whatever. But I feel like the obsessive childlike love that I have for Layla is just reserved for her. But anyways, we already had an hour-long episode on our dogs. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to continue. But Moving I did just want to fill all of our listeners in that they voted that and Riley was the winner. But scandalous. I know that there is no one who's more beautiful in your eyes than your Layla Bear. And that is perfect. So, That's true. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> um, so this week we are talking about... Our lack of ability to say no to things. <laughs> and um, it's funny because we have talked about, since we first started talking about this podcast, one of the episodes that we talked about having was being a recovering people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we kept pushing it off <laughs> because we felt like, I don't know that I'm really doing great in that area yet of recovering from it and we want to be genuine here we don't want to sit here and talk about something that we don't feel like is a is something we have anything to talk about on and so we kept pushing it off and then with this week's episode of 
um, our journey in learning to say no, it just kind of came up for both of us that yep. we are recovering people pleasers. <laughs> That's actually the first thing I wrote down. I like to have some notes prepared just so I'm not babbling too long. And literally my first line was, I call myself a recovering people pleaser. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So were you like, when I just said that, were you like, okay, you stole my thunder? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we can be in that category together. I don't want to be by myself there. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, then why don't you I start mean, us off, Sarah? Go ahead and... Yeah. I mean, so it, for as long as I can remember, I have always been the type of person who wants to please others. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if anyone's familiar with the Enneagram. Have you ever, like, tried to figure out what your Enneagram I is? Have. I think uh, it was a while ago, but I think I might be a four. Oh, Are you a two? okay. Well, so I have... I have tested very high as a two, a six, and a nine. So a two is the helper, a six is a loyalist, and the nine is the pe peacemaker. Um, I honestly I, have no idea. I feel like I shouldn't have even said I think I'm a four. A, I have no like, idea. I just, I for some reason, four is in my brain. I could see you being a two more than a four, yeah, in my I don't, opinion. Why, I don't know why I even asked you if you're a two. For some reason, that's in my brain, too. Well, that's okay. I'm not an expert. But anyway, <laughs> we could go on about Enneagram. But um, I – so I identify most with, like, being the peacemaker. I feel like in a lot of situations throughout my life, that is the role that I just naturally take on for the most part. Um, and sometimes with that, it kind of turns into people-pleasing um, in a way. And then also, like, having a hard time saying no – um, and I think like for me, it's hard to say no sometimes because I don't want to seem like I'm being rude. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I've always felt like, well, just saying I don't want to do that is not a good reason. Um, but there's like, I think it's a meme now, but it was like an interview that Elizabeth Olsen did a while ago where she was saying that her one sister has always told her that no is a complete sentence. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't really have to explain myself if yeah. I decide that I don't want to do something or if I'm saying no to something. I don't have to have a reason. But that's something that I have literally always struggled with, like, my whole life. And I think I've put more weight into that than is necessary, if that makes sense. Like, in my head, I'm like, okay, so let's – a hypothetical situation. Let's say that a friend is asking me to do something. Um, and in my head, I don't want to do it, but like, I'm freaking out that if I say no to them, then they're not going to want to hang out with me again, mm -hmm. or they're going to think that there's something wrong or, you know, whatever. Like they have all these paranoid thoughts about why I'm saying no. So I feel like I have to have a good reason yeah. to say no, but really I just don't want to do it. But I feel like that's rude, you know. I don't know. I have. I have had the exact same experience. Adam has seen me typing out big long explanations, and he's like, "Who are you writing a book to?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm trying to explain why I'm not doing something." He's like, "Sarah, just say you're not doing it." Yeah. It's, it's mind boggling to him that I feel this need to yeah. explain and explain and explain. But to me, I feel like, okay, well, I don't want to upset them. I don't want to make them mad. I don't want to be a jerk. Right. So you're not um, alone there, sister. Yeah, and I don't know why that is. Like, I don't know why I struggle with that so much. But um, I think the, like, I really started seeing 
um, how much it affected me or just the fact that it was okay to not be like that when Ryan and I started dating and really when we were like got married, um, he is a very like confident person in who he is and what he wants to do and what he doesn't want to do. And he is not wavering. And I really love that about him. Um, and I'm not saying, like, he's not willing to, like, step outside of his comfort zone and be stretched. But there are just things that, like, if someone were to say, Ryan, would you want to, like, get up on stage and perform a comedy act? He'd be like, no. <laughs> because, like, I don't want to do that. Like, that's not my personality. Whereas we would be like, no, and I'm really sorry. I just don't know if I, like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, like, I'd have, like I, or I would do it. Like, I would do it because I felt like I should because someone asked me to and I would bomb and it'd be terrible. But, like, I don't know. I, I witnessed him and his personality and just, like, his confidence of, like, that's not who I am or I don't, like, I don't feel like doing that or I don't want to do that. And it was okay. And I was like, wait a second. So, like, I can just start to say no to things for myself just because, like, I don't really want to. Um, And when I do that, the world's not going to fall apart Mm -hmm. because I have learned, too, that in a way this inability to say no has kind of manifested itself in, um, like – Oh, how do I want to say this? Like struggling to know when to move on from certain things. Mm-hmm. Like when I realizing the season of my life is over and I need to move forward. Yeah. Um, specifically with jobs in the past. Uh, I think my last job, like my most recent job I had before becoming a stay-at-home mom. Well, even before. I don't know. One of my previous jobs, (laughs) like I worked there for about two and a half years and I knew that it was time. Like I had felt the Lord literally tell me like it is time for you to move on. And I held on to that job for so long for a number of different reasons. Um, But one of the things that is so it's such a prideful thing to say. But I was like, well, if I'm not doing this, who's going to? Oh, sure. I can't leave them in this bind. Like, I just felt so terrible. Like, I was leaving this hole in my team because I knew that that's what would happen for a period of time if I quit. Um, That, like, I actually started making big mistakes because I was so consumed with, like, anxiety Mm -hmm. and knowing that I wasn't being obedient. Um, So my, like, desire to people please and, like, make sure that I'm not doing something that's going to, like, put someone in a bind has caused really unhealthy ripple effects in my life. Yeah. Um, And I think that ties in with, like, having a hard time saying no. Like, and just recognizing, like, okay, this isn't time. Like, this season and this job or even sometimes relationships, like, I need to move on from them. Um. And that doesn't mean that I'm doing anything wrong and it doesn't make me unkind. Mm -hmm. Um, I think something too that I've struggled with is like I've had to learn that I also struggle to say no because when you say no, you're actually like admitting that you don't have control over the situation, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, So like putting boundaries up in relationships, I've had to do that quite a bit recently in really hard circumstances and um, I have 
in the past struggle to say no because when I say yes, I still feel like I have maybe a little bit of control Absolutely. or maybe I can change the situation. And I just kind of had to come to a place of realizing like, no, like <laughs> I actually don't have control over this. Um, and it's also not my burden to carry. Totally. Um, and for my mental health and my well-being, like I deserve to put up a, this boundary and I deserve to say no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's actually something that I have to tell myself on a really consistent basis, sometimes in certain like relationships or friendships, um, because it's really easy to fall back into that like desire to help people and people please and whatever Mm -hmm. uh, for me but at the end of the day I know that it's not what's healthy like long term but it's been a really good thing for me like I have learned more about who I am and I think I've learned more about like my own limits in saying no sometimes well and your own strength yeah yeah but also I feel like when I have said no I've also I allow for the Lord to show up and like work. Yes. So in certain like friendships or relationships, like it's taken me to say in those moments where I've had to say no, there have been circumstances where I'm like, and God, you're the only one who is in control of this. So mm-hmm. like, and I trust that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. Like you're going to hold on to your promises. You keep those promises to us. And, um, I'm not controlling this situation and I'm not trying to manipulate it. And so it really allows God to, to move, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there was like, I was trying to think of like one specific example <laughs> that I, where I started learning my need to cultivate this ability to say no. And it was a few years ago, um, if you guys remember, or if you've listened to our episode about serving in the church, I had shared that like there was a very long season in like the beginning of our relationship where we were just like going nonstop and we had a million different things going on. Um, and so at this point in time, I was on the worship team at our church. I was a youth group leader I was going to a small group on my own. I was hosting a woman's like gathering once a month at my house. And then I got asked if I would lead a small Bible study um, that they were starting at our church. And it sounds like I you remember, were already doing like two of those. <laughs> I know, Well, that was the thing. And I remember getting that phone call. And one, I felt like I felt appreciative that they thought of me, but I... Like, my first instinct was, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. But I told this woman, I was like, let me think about it, and I'll call you back. And I was actually at work, and my two friends that I was sitting with, I, you know, I just said, can I ask you guys for your opinion? And they were like, sure. And I said, like, I explained the situation, and I was like, I really don't want to do it, but I feel like if I don't do it, who's going to? And my one friend looked at me, and she was like, you need to say no. Like, you are already (laughs) doing way too much, and you just said you don't want to. And I was like, yeah, but... And she's like, no, you need to say no. (laughs) I was like, 
okay. So I did. I said, I really just feel like I have way too much on my plate right now. And I would not be able to commit enough time to like do that well. Um, and I mean, of course, the lady on the other line was super understanding yeah. and like didn't hold it against me that I said, she no, wasn't like, but- you're the worst. No one will ever lead this Bible study now I because know. of you. <laughs> I know. Like, what? why do I think I'm so like important that if I can't do it, nobody else will like I don't know um but I was so thankful for my friend that she was just like no like don't do it you just said you don't want to and even after I said no I was like I should call her back and tell her I changed my mind (laughs) but I didn't and I'm glad I didn't because that was really the start of me like learning to take a step back and say there really probably is only too much that I can do and I need to learn like what's my lane what's not my lane (laughs) um and like I'm only one person and it's actually really prideful and arrogant to think that I can do all the things so for me I think that's also part of the problem like having a hard time saying no um but yeah so that's kind of just been like my journey I'm still learning um I still like figuring it out but yeah what about you? So I, I, one of my best friends is obsessed with the Enneagram. And oh, so I had a did feeling, you ask her I had a are? feeling that if I asked her, she would have remembered mine. Cause okay. I took, I only took the test because she was like, you haven't done this yet. She was <laughs> horrified. And it was like, I kind of thought that it was like, like, what am I trying to say? What is the thing where it's like the stars? Oh, horoscope. Yeah. I I thought it was like that. Like, I just, because I don't know, you know, so just so everyone knows, Enneagram is like a personality test. So it's not, I I thought that it was kind of like horoscope. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I just had never had any desire to do it until she forced me to. Um, But she (laughs) said um, that I'm a two wing one. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense to me. So that m- means nothing to me because I don't <laughs> remember what it says, but I'm glad it makes sense to you. So but, um, I think the f- I think oh gosh, I don't know what the one's title is. Something along the lines of like not a perfectionist, but kind of like a perfectionist. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> no, but like. Uh, no, I don't disagree. Yeah principled reformer okay, and then yeah, that's two it. is nurturing supporter honestly i don't even know that we should get into this because it seems like we should maybe but... it's an episode we can do later on once yeah. we oh, really research be it yeah, better but yeah okay yeah so you're but two I that just makes total to say sense that, to me yeah she she texted me back that i'm a two wing one so now, um, you like parks and rec right yes, yes. you don't I'm like re-watching it right now actually with adam <laughs> leslie nope is a two. Oh. Just yesterday, Adam said, wow, you and Leslie Nope have a lot in common because <laughs> she was overthinking something. She was, uh, if I don't know if, if you guys, the listeners have watched Parks and Rec. If you haven't, you should. You can watch it on Peacock and you can download an account for free. It's just with ads. I am not a representative of them, but I just love <laughs> Parks and Rec. You're very and, passionate about Parks and, and Rec. Yeah. Well, and Dateline. I actually downloaded it so that I could watch Dateline. <laughs> oh and gosh. I have officially watched every episode on da- of Dateline on Peacock. So, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yes, the 80-year-old woman in me is pleased. But <laughs> anyways, back to the topic at hand. I honestly relate to a lot of what you were saying. I think that we find more and more that 
like the similarities between our personalities um, as we do more topics. But I really did relate to a lot of what you just said. Um, I So I have two examples of times that I should have said no, but I didn't. So the first one is back when I was um, coaching gymnastics, I like found a couple families that I really connected with. The kids really loved me. And so the parents asked if I would babysit for them. Mm. So this family in particular, um, I, I got on really well with the parents and the kids and everything. There was no like issue there, but when they asked me to keep babysitting, I babysat them for them for a little bit. And when they kept asking, I was like, I just felt like I needed to say no. Like I just needed to like not continue to do it. But I, have always been worried about money and everything. It's just one of my issues. Like, even when we're totally fine, I just, I'm like, how can I turn a quick buck? Like, it's just always <laughs> in my brain. And I feel like you just sounded like an old man from, like, the 80s or something. <laughs> how can I turn a quick buck? <laughs> Maybe the 50s, not the 80s. I don't know. The 80s? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, anyways, so, yeah, that's what I feel inside. How can I, I turn a inside. quick buck? <laughs> I am an old man, Sarah, okay? I like butterscotch ice cream and I wear hearing aids, so, okay? <laughs> I love you. (laughs) All righty. And I continued to babysit for them. And one day I was taking them. I was running some errands with them. And I was like, I'm going to be a cool babysitter. I'm going to we're going to stop and get donuts. And so I pull in the Dunkin Donuts um, drive through. And as we're waiting, I have no idea what came over me to do this. But I pulled forward a little and I said, you guys, look, do you see that camera in there? Like, why would I be pointing out a camera to children? I don't know. For some reason, I thought it'd be an interesting tidbit of information. You guys (laughs) see that camera? And the little girl goes, oh, yeah, that's like the one we have in our house. And what I said, what? <laughs> She's like, yeah, we have a camera just like that in our house. And I said, where's the camera at, honey? Oh, we have one in the living room and in the dining room and in the playroom and in, and in the office. I was never told that there was one camera oh in this my house. Gosh, that's so cringy. Now, I would say I could care less if someone has cameras in their house, but like, I, were they doing it? Like, did they secretly not tell you because I they were know. trying to, like... Well, I don't think so because then I was starting to look for them. And I think they were actually mounted on the walls. So I don't think it was, like, a nanny cam, like, okay. so that they could see, watch while I was babysitting the kids. Yeah. But um, I think it was just, like, a home security system. But you don't have people in your house for extended periods of time and not tell them that you have cameras. I'm sorry. That's just messed that up. That is a little weird. So... I I do think that I made a babysat for them one more time after that, but then I stopped. <laughs> so to me, I was like, see, I should have said no. <laughs> That's keep- interesting because, like, you're, yeah, you didn't really have, like, concrete reasons why. It was just kind of like your gut telling yeah. you. Yeah. So, well, and I had a lot going on, honestly. Yeah. So, like, I, I needed to be cutting back. But again, because I wanted a ton of buck. I kept taking <laughs> babysitting jobs. You just said that with such a weird accent. I don't know what that was. I was trying to be like I was trying to be like a New York like old yeah. guy. You know, oh, I the, pictured the it exactly like oh, that too. with the little hat and the the suspenders. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! We are so off the rails. But um, so I never went back. 
after that. <laughs> That's good. Well, I might have gone back once. I don't remember. But <laughs> yeah, so listen to your gut if <laughs> you think you shouldn't babysit for someone. And then the second time was um, I agreed to lead a small group at our youth retreat. And honestly, my... Okay, first of all, I love the youth at our church. I just love them. I want good for them. I would do anything for them. So it was an easy like thing for me to desire to be involved with the youth at our church, but I'm also involved in women's ministry and children's ministry and other random things that come along. So my desire to be involved with the youth, I knew was too much. And so I was asked to lead a small group at our youth retreat. Um, this was last year, I think. So it would have been last fall that it happened. And I agreed like during the summer and I felt very uneasy about it, but I said yes anyways. Mm -hmm. Not uneasy because of the event itself, but because I felt like I should be saying no. And it came to like a month away and I totally had to humble myself and go to our youth director and say, I am so sorry, but I never should have said yes. I, this is filling me with so much anxiety. I have got to say no. So at that point, if I had just said no in the first place, she could have found someone else. Yeah. But at this point, because I finally did say no because I needed to, then I'm putting her in a bind. So I should have said no in the first place because then one, I wouldn't have had to, I'm like, feel so bad about mm -hmm. then saying no it's that same guilt that i felt in the very first place that caused me to say yes right but um thankfully i she's one of my best friends so i felt like i could say it if honestly if it was someone else i think i probably would have just gone through with it if yeah. i didn't feel the level of comfort that i do with her comfort comfortability whatever to go in and say like i'm i made a mistake here i can't go um and she was of course super gracious about it but i felt like a pile of poo <laughs> um, and quite honestly, I could fill a podcast episode of examples of me saying yes when I should have said no. I've done it in ministry with friends and family with work. Pretty much if there's an area of life that you can name, I've probably overextended myself in that area. Um, and sometimes it's not saying no. I'm using air quotes right now. It's not just about saying yes to things. I have literally volunteered myself for things that were outside of my bandwidth. Yes. And no one asked me. I've done the same. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like no one asked me. I, I didn't necessarily have the opportunity to say no because I started the situation. I created the problem. <laughs> it was like you were volunteering your uh, time and you're like, why are these words coming out of my mouth? Yes. And yep. then they're out and there you wanna, and then you're like, yep, you want to bring I, them back in, yeah, but you can't. I can't, yep. I can't take them back. Yep. Yeah. And I think that some of the reasons I kind of just have a little list here, bullet points of why I think I say yes when I should say no. My first one is I'm a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that that comes from a lot of places. Um, I, quite honestly, I don't know that I could sit here and tell you what it is in me specifically that causes me to be a people pleaser. I think maybe that's an episode down the road. I don't know when I figured <laughs> it out, but um, I don't want... Honestly, I was actually thinking about our episode last week, that fear of disappointing people. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't want to disappoint people. I don't want people to think Sarah can't do it all, which is stupid because newsflash, Sarah can't do it all. <laughs> and I'm talking about Sarah May here, like myself. Well, but no one can do it all. No, exactly. But I just, all, even when we got married, um, I 
broke down one day and I was like, I'm such a bad wife. I think I might have talked about this here before. I'm like, I like I can't do the laundry and the dishes and cook healthy meals and work full time. And at the time I was going to school full time. And Adam's like, whoever said any of that makes you a good wife. And I was like, me? <laughs> because no one had told me that ma- makes a good yeah. wife. But I put that on myself. So anyways, part of it is I just want to be able to do everything and do it well mm-hmm. and be an example of shiny togetherness. And <laughs> I am not. <laughs> but um, yeah, another, I mean, honestly, another reason is I want to serve people. I want to help people. It right. is, serving is my, like, biggest spiritual gift and that it just goes to show that you can be gifted in something and still abuse it (laughs) so Mm -hmm. or misuse it I should say yeah Um, yeah another reason that I kind of realized is I want to be needed I love feeling Ah, like people need me and people need you know like yeah oh my gosh you just struck a chord in me (laughs) (laughs) like that wow the look I'm gonna on your need face, to, actually. I'm going to need to digest that a little bit later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, it, I don't know. I don't want to say no to something because the next time this person needs something, I want them to come back to me, you know? <laughs> and it's just like, it's so, it sounds so silly me saying it, but really it is like, it, it's, you know, a little saying, it's nice to feel needed. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel that. <laughs> um, I overestimate my time and abilities. And I worry that if I don't, no one will. So, again, you said that. Um, And then I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable or unhappy. So a lot of the reasons that I wrote down in my notes, you also had in yours. So um, I have, but but now that I can recognize that a little bit, and honestly, a couple years ago, this list would not exist. Because like Mm. you, you, in your experience, it took my strong-willed, sure of himself, I don't care what anybody thinks, husband. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah's rolling her eyes. <laughs> no, so I mean, no, Adam is all those things, but so it's those things rub me the wrong way so much when we were little. Yeah. You know, like that's why like we butted heads. And they're like some of the most life-changing, life-giving things to me. Like, no, um, don't get me wrong. We get on each other's nerves, but. <laughs> right, right, right. But yeah, it's like it took me seeing him just be like, so unashamedly himself that I'm like, oh, that that's cool. I've said to people before, he literally is just like himself. He just doesn't care what people think of him. Yeah. And that's a whole other topic we could talk about is how much I care about what people think of me. But he just doesn't so, care what other people think of him. I mean, he is he loves people. It's not like he's just going through life, whatever, do, doing his own thing without regards to other people but he like you said like ryan's not gonna get up and do a comedy act like adam actually totally would do that but <laughs> yeah i was gonna say uh that's not a good example no for but adam. he like he just knows his boundaries yeah. and um and he sticks to them honestly yep and uh honestly sometimes i'm like you're involved in a lot are you sure you're okay and but I don't know. He knows when to say no. And, and I am trying to learn that from him, honestly. And so, like I said, a few years ago, I don't know that I would have this list in front of me, but mm-hmm. I've been growing a lot and actually, you know, in the last couple of years have been able to say no more often when it's necessary. Um, actually, the couple of examples that I have are all very recently. I swear I've been doing it longer than just the last couple of months, but um, <laughs> this... You know what? 
the retreat that I stayed home or that I said I would go to, but ended up backing out. I think that was 2020 because the next example I have is the following year when I was asked to come on the retreat, just like not to lead anything, just because honestly, Adam was going to teach at it. Yeah. And so my friend, the youth pastor was like, you know, would you like to come along? You don't have to lead anything, whatever. And I was like, I texted her back right away. No, thank you. I will not be coming this year. And so she said, yes, that's what she, she's like. I'm so proud of you for saying no. And I was like, this is a weird, weird dynamic of her being a ministry leader in my church, but also one of my closest friends because she knows my struggle. So while she needs volunteers, she's also happy for me. Yeah. But but yeah, I just immediately, I, I just knew right away, nope, this is not an area that I need to be involved in right now. Um, and I've found through saying no in other areas with specifically for me, it's the youth um, ministry at our church, but I've found other ways to reach out to youth in our church on an individual basis. I'm actually meeting with a girl this weekend about what the next Bible study we're going to do is we did one. Um, we're going to, she wants to do another one. So we're going to a couple kids that I'm going to meet up with meet up with so it's like i've found other ways that i can reach out to them that that work for like what else i have going on in my life but um yeah yeah and then um there's an event that is hosted uh near where i live and i have volunteered in the past couple years for it but i just i don't really enjoy it to be honest i just do it because i want to fill a role i want to help where is needed and so this year they asked um, for volunteers and I just said, um, you know, I can help because they said there was a very minimal role that's only needed for a, par- a part of it. I said, if it's absolutely needed, I can help with this, but I'm not actually planning on attending this year. So it's only like it's it's still a little bit. My foot is in the door if they need <laughs> yeah. me. But saying no, you know, even saying no in that way was still big for me because yeah. I've always gone, even though I don't really enjoy it. Um and I also have a situation in my life that has really been a stronghold for a long time. And I've been setting boundaries. And um, I, I love that you kind of brought this up as well, because I think that we forget that saying no doesn't just mean you're not overcrowding your schedule. Yes. Saying, learning to say no doesn't just mean that you know, you're going out and doing things for other people or with other people or whatever it is, sometimes saying no means putting up healthy boundaries. And this can come into play with friendships, with family, with work, with, you know, coworkers, with other volunteers. I mean, in ministry, there's just pretty much any place that there can be a human interaction. Um, there can be messy relationships. And so I have... Um, in the last couple of years, and even as of late, just been setting more and more boundaries and saying, no, you know, I won't be treated this way. No, I'm not going to allow my family to be treated this way. And it's super hard. Yep. <laughs> it's very hard. And um, the only reason I, I can do it is because I know that it's the right thing. And because I know that I have a community that is holding me up. So I just want to say like, it's hard because I'm not trying to, I never want to make it sound like it's easy to put up boundaries Mm because it's, it's hard. Relationships are messy. And, um, and sometimes you can place boundaries in a relationship to keep it healthy. So, you know, putting up boundaries doesn't mean that you have to cut ties with someone. Right. 
there are times that putting up boundaries mean little to no contact with someone, but it's not always like that. And so kind of navigating through that for me the last few years, even recently, just like, what does that look like in my life um, has been hard. But when I look back and see where I've come from with those no's that I hate giving because Mm -hmm. it feels so painful. It feels so selfish. It feels so selfish to say no because it's for my well-being. It's for my mental health. Mm -hmm. Or it's because I'm protecting Adam's well-being or Adam's mental health. You know, it's like that feels so selfish. But I know that it's what's what's right. And taking care of myself isn't selfish. No, not at (laughs) all. And that's that's hard, but because of it's because of my people pleasing, because my whole life I would rather someone else be comfortable than me be, I mean, in pain. I would rather someone else have comfort than me literally just not be in pain, you know? Right. And um, I and was telling like this, that thought process. So it's, I don't know if all people pleasers feel this way, but I've thought that too. Well, I'm not happy, but at least they are. Yes. But it's absolutely. like, that is so unhealthy. And what absolutely. good can come from that, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. And honestly, I do it with Adam all the time. And he, he's like, don't be a martyr. That's a, mm-hmm. that is a catchphrase on our relationship. He says all the time, don't be a martyr. And he's not saying it to me mean. He's saying, sweetheart, you are putting yourself like, you're putting me so far ahead of you, it doesn't make sense. Like, even with when we're getting food. I mean, I do it so, so easily with the littlest of things. Like, if he wants something, I'm like, okay, let's just get that. And so he's like, do you actually want that? <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, you know what? I don't want that at all. But I'm okay with getting it because you want it. Like, yeah. I still struggle with this people-pleasing thing so much and i don't just do it with him but but thankfully he knows me so well that he knows to prod a little bit more and um but yeah it's just it's really tricky when you get into relationships because honestly it was one thing to learn to say no to circumstances and to you know if somebody wants to hang out and i've already had a long week or just things like that like that it's one thing to say no to your actions it's another thing to say no in your relationships to a person so, yeah yeah and and don't get me wrong they're both hard yeah but but yeah i just so all that to say i don't ever want to make it sound like it's easy to do this it's not and it's taken a lot of a lot of years of prayer and having people come alongside of me but but yeah so i'm just i'm really proud of myself honestly for being able to say no in the areas that i have mm-hmm. um because it's it's been a journey for sure but um in a in a bizarre way because it hurts but also feels good like to know that i know that it's right and honestly i know that i'm not enabling you know poor behavior and it i think enabling is it sounds like such a strong word i don't even like saying it but really i mean just in a very broad sense in my eyes if someone is treating someone poorly and you turn a blind eye to it, you're going to enable that because they will continue to think that behavior is acceptable. It's okay, right. And so that's just what I've had to learn is me people-pleasing in those situations is literally helping no one. Mm-hmm. It's not helping me because I'm hurting. It's not helping this person because they're going to continue having, you know, toxic behavior. And it's not mm-hmm. helping all the people that they're going to then push their toxic behavior on. Yeah. And so <clears throat> in a way, I like to think that setting boundaries also does help other people and maybe that's just to satisfy the people pleaser in me but <laughs> but yeah so I think that there's <laughs> I think that there is a lot more to saying no than just like 
not like to clearing your schedule. And right. I think it's important for us to remember that. And I'm glad that we both kind of touched on that. Um, yeah. I do want to also just really briefly say that I know that not everyone deals with this. Not everyone is a people pleaser. Not everyone struggles with saying no, like our husbands. I mean, it is not a struggle that everyone has. And honestly, I'm jealous. <laughs> but <laughs> but I do think that there is another side to this where if you're not in the, the healthy medium or the healthy middle, that maybe you say no too often. And... So I don't want to, I'm not going to get on a lot of that because I don't want to sound preachy because honestly, this is not something I struggle with <laughs> saying no too often. But um, <clears throat> I do, if you just find yourself totally not relating to what we're saying here, I do just want to challenge you to think, you know, well, am I in, in a good mix of things or maybe am I on the other side where I just don't say, you know, I say no to everything. I don't help, you know, other people. I don't hang out with other people when they're friendships that I, you know, could it would be healthy for me to cultivate them or, you know, I don't know anything like that. Um, again, I can barely come up with examples cause I don't know what that's like, but <laughs> yeah, I just want to say maybe, you know, just think, well, am I maybe in that other camp? Um, cause I think that could also be dangerous. Yeah. But yeah, I think that there's a healthy middle and I hope to, I don't know if this is just like a thorn in my side that I'll always struggle with, but hopefully I'll be able to cover some ground and, well, um, I feel like you have, in the last couple of years, you've taken really significant steps towards being really good at saying no. So give yourself a little more credit. Thanks. Um, <laughs> and it sounds like both of us, like, I, I was thinking, like, okay, when did it? When did it become apparent to me that I'm really bad at saying no and I need to become better at that? And it was when it was starting to affect my mental health. And, like, mm -hmm. I don't know if maybe you can say the same thing, but I think, mm -hmm. like, yeah, there is nothing wrong with saying no as long as you can kind of take a step back and be, like, self-reflective and say, when I'm saying yes to this, this, and this – do I feel like I am still in a really healthy place? Mm -hmm. Or does saying yes to this or this make me go, ugh? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? Yeah, um, totally. Oh, and then on the flip side of that, like, do I ever say yes to anything? Or am mm -hmm. I always just like, nope, that's okay. Or like, I'm just comfortable where I'm at. Like, because yeah. like I was saying, like, there's nothing wrong with being stretched and like going outside of your comfort zone and absolutely we would never find out that we like certain things if mm -hmm. we didn't do that you know but i think what we're talking about is more like saying yes to everything no matter what and that's exactly exactly i just don't want to scare people out of saying yes because <laughs> right, honestly right. even like i got you know one of those phone calls once when our um, women's ministry leader called to ask if I'd be on the team and I wanted like I wanted my answer to be no but I knew my answer was yes like because I just felt like God was prompting me mm -hmm. and it ended up I mean honestly it is one of the best things I've ever done I love it so much it fills my heart it I have opportunities to serve at our church that literally fill me they're exactly my like personality and what gives me joy not even just like areas that I like to serve necessarily so I never would have known that if I hadn't said yes so it's just it, there is balance and part of it is knowing yourself part of it is knowing your bandwidth <laughs> and you know if you're a believer part of it is leaning on his guidance mm -hmm. the Lord's guidance to direct you um, in different directions and that's not not all about just serving it's about like 
what you fill your time with. You said a couple weeks ago, um, the way that you spend your days is how you spend your life, something like that. And I actually thought of that this morning. Um, because I scrolled on Instagram for like an hour oh. and I was like, this is how I just, this is how I'm spending my life. <laughs> but <laughs> really it was just there. making me, yeah, it was just making me think. And I mean, I think that has to do with this too, but, but yeah, so thank you for sharing. Um, yeah, you too. I mean, so basically what you've learned is that Sarah May and I really struggled to say no, but we're trying people. <laughs> and we oh, hope yeah. that if you're in the same camp as us, you will be encouraged by this and knowing you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And maybe this will prompt you to ask questions like, you know, am I saying yes to all the right things or should I be saying no to some things mm-hmm. or relationships or whatever? Yeah, exactly. And I was going to joke that um, I should have said no when you asked me to do a podcast, but... <gasps> How dare you? This is the kidding. best yes you've ever said. Literally after at the Jesus. top of the list. Okay, besides Before Jesus. Adam, after Jesus. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. It goes Jesus, Seeking Selah, Adam, Adam Layla. Yeah, that rhymed. Okay, anyways. Actually, sometimes Adam will say Seeking Layla. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty funny. Are you ready <laughs> for the national days? I sure am. I don't know if anything is going to beat Tim Tam uh, from last week. I well, really want to try those someday. I know. But... Me too. Considering I have nothing that will require an accent, as far as I know, then yes, <laughs> oh. nothing will beat Tim Tam's. Darn it. Because I was pretty much living for that. Um, <laughs> so on this day, February 23rd, it's... National Banana Bread Day. Oh. Do you like banana bread? I do. Yeah. I love banana bread. And you guys, I'm going to be real. Part of me said, I'll make banana bread. But I also said that about the crepes. And, and you I still never haven't. made the crepes. <laughs> yeah. Sarah took, so Sarah and I live about an hour away. She took her crepe pan to her parents' house, who lived 10 minutes from me. I have since been at their house, I think twice, and I still have not picked it up. So <laughs> I think. It's okay. There's something deep down in me that says I'll make them someday. I think that part of me is delusional because it's already been a couple weeks. But so I might, I'll just say this. I might make banana bread because that is a little easier than crepes. (laughs) I've made it so many times I could do it in my sleep. I have faith in you that one day you can make a crepe. Thank you. But I... Maybe it's something you should just say no to. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I think I need, I think I need to just say no. But, um, but yeah, so maybe I'll make banana bread, though. Banana bread is so good, honestly. I it love is. it. And I, I like that time... it's not, like, too sweet, but it's just, yes, like, enough exactly. sweetness. Exactly. I'm not a big sweets person, honestly, which you probably wouldn't guess from this podcast. I probably talk about sweets all the time. But, <laughs> um, honestly, even, like, chocolate chip banana bread, I'm mm. like, just leave it. Just leave <gasps> it, you know? Oh, I'm so glad that you said that. I thought you were about to say that, like, you love that it like chocolate chip but i was like ugh, no 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 no. just keep it i want simple. that's the thing i like that it's not super sweet yeah um so yeah i'm like don't just add the, the chocolate. chocolate chips i agree no, don't even with zucchini bread i love zucchini bread i don't like when people add chocolate it's weird i to me. i don't like chocolate chip pancakes either which i know is not the same thing but it's for literally some reason, not at all but that's fine <laughs> it just made me think i don't like chocolate chip pancakes because then like it's too much Mm-hmm. chocolate i will say that i think classic pancakes are the best like yeah. blueberry are fine chocolate chip are fine but classic best mm-hmm. oh can't wait for national pancake day <laughs> um today is all chanel all, all chanel oh my gosh also 
national, those are two separate words, National Dog Biscuit Day. Oh. <laughs> and the weird thing is it's National Dog Biscuit Day, and it's also, um, like, National Dog Biscuit biscuit awareness day like it's two separate holidays why do we need an awareness day for that it's so weird i don't understand but um i will not make dog biscuits but i have some and i will give one to my dog (laughs) that surprises me that you're saying you won't make dog biscuits because you're the dog mom who went out of town for a week and made homemade treats for layla when she oh yeah no i'm not saying it's like outside of my norm but i already have like like dog biscuits it's like milk bones gotcha i see i see so i make her cookies and cake and (laughs) frozen delightful (laughs) treats out of fruit and peanut butter but i'm not gonna make a milk bone i don't know how to do that I see. Um, Ryan's grandmother is the sweetest, and she loves to bake. And this year for Christmas, was it Christmas? No, for Thanksgiving. When she came for Thanksgiving, she brought homemade dog treats for our dogs. And then when she came back for Christmas, she brought more. Um, And I just was like, she doesn't even love dogs, but she knows how much they mean to us. And I just thought it was so sweet that she made them homemade treats. And I, when I made for for Layla's birthday, when I made cookies and cupcakes, I went around to all of our neighbors that have dogs, like that I know, Mm -hmm. um, and gave them some for their dogs. And so I just felt like, like the little goodie deliverer. I honestly, I felt like someone's grandma. Like yeah. it felt like well, a very here's some cookies for your babies. So literally, I literally just gave you an example of another grandma who did that. So it's no, fitting. exactly. I like how you said another grandma, confirming that I <laughs> that I am a grandma. Well, you do love butterscotch and wear hearing aids. So yeah. I'm just kidding. And I like to turn a quick buck. <laughs> The funny thing about it is that when you say it, you say it so fast that, like, you're saying turn very quickly. I, If I didn't hear you the first time, I would have no idea what you're saying. Mm. I like to turn a quick buck. <laughs> All right. People are probably okay, really I sick do of have, hearing that by now. I, yeah, probably. It's a thing. Um, okay, I do have one more. I know normally I do two, but today I want to do this third one. Because it is National Hospitality Worker Day. And so this includes anyone who works in, like, any kind of hospitality, hotels, restaurants, theme parks, tourism, you name it. Um, And so I just want to say thank you to all of those who keep, um, like, entertainment and food service and all of that afloat. You're the real heroes. And especially in the last couple years, how, like complicated things have gotten with deliveries and pickups and all of that it's just like people are working very hard to keep things like grocery stores and just like normal everyday things working well and there is a worker shortage so i'm thankful to you hospitality workers that are showing up and and doing a good job and i mean pretty much keeping the world going so (laughs) yeah you need food (laughs) this is true (laughs) and other things but (laughs) Thank you for that deep tidbit of wisdom. We need food. (laughs) Yep. So hospitality workers and everyone else alike, grab some banana bread, (laughs) grab a friend, tell them about Seeking Sayla, and give your dog a dog biscuit. And if you don't have a dog, find a neighbor with a dog. 
Okay, don't do that. But really, <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. Um, we appreciate every single one of you. Um, you just have no idea how much it warms our heart when somebody tells us they're listening to the podcast or they got something from it. Um, it's just, it's actually been happening more and more lately for me where people are reaching out to say they're listening or that they're getting something. And it is just, it honestly, I'm just so humbled and it's, it's awesome. So thank you for being here. Um, all jokes aside, we would really appreciate it if you tell your friends about the podcast, share the love, and we <laughs> will be back next week. Bye. Bye guys. Thank you.